1: Across our music and culture channels, we have a wide range of shows covering every genre, along with chat shows, discussions and special broadcasts. Here is just one of our recent shows. To catch the full show, head to our Mix Club page or listen live at SohoRadioLondon.com. You're listening to The Silver Stream on Soho Radio. Episode 8, A Burden of Dreams, is in collaboration with artist James Kappa and explores blurry boundaries between artistic friendship and collaboration, featuring audio from a walk we went on just prior to lockdown, as well as Skype chats. I'm creator and host, visual artist Byzantia Harlow. I think this is the perfect moment for one of the regular segments on The Silver Stream, which comes from Charlie Mills, who responds to the episode themes each month. For those that don't know his practice, Charlie Mills is a curator, writer, and publisher based in Southeast London. Since 2017, he's worked as an artist liaison for Hannah Barry Gallery and Bold Tendencies and is a founding member of Collective Ending, a curatorial collective based in London, as well as Collective Ending HQ, a collectively run studio and gallery complex in Deptford, which I am also a member of.
2: Hello again, everyone. Charlie Mills here with my monthly segment as part of Byzantia's wonderful The Silver Stream radio show on Soho Radio's Culture Channel. This month, Byzantia is chatting with a good friend and collaborator of mine, James Capper, about the boundaries, blurry or otherwise, of artistic collaboration and friendship. In order to their insightful and honest conversation, I wanted to take a brief look at the work of a photographer that I was only recently introduced to during a studio visit with an artist friend of mine. The photographer in question is one Antoine de Gatte, a French photographer born in 1961, known for his dark and often depraved intermingling of life and art. Documentary photography that swindles a sweet spot between horrifying documentary realism and a somewhat animalistic personal death drive toward extended period of drug addiction, sexual agony and emotional hardship. Fun. Before focusing on Antoine's work, it's worth noting the really rich genealogy there is of photography practices, a look at just what Byzantra and James are talking about, the blurred lines of friendship, community and art, and where photographers really immerse themselves in the communities they're documenting and often engage in the same practices they do to curry favour and trust, or else simply because they're into it. In 2018, there was an incredible show at the Barbican in London called Another Kind of Life that touched a lot on these themes, showcasing photographers' works from around the world that had followed lives of individuals and communities on the fringes of society, from America to India, Chile to Nigeria. The show featured works by the Casa Susana collection, Paz Erezuriz, Pieter Hugo, Mary Ellen Mark, and Dianita Singh. As well as some personal favourites of mine from Seiji Kurata, uh, photographs of terrifyingly and heavily tattooed Yakuza in nighttime Tokyo, brandishing all manner of scary ass looking katanas. In the words of the Barbican, these photographers were in many cases, quote, driven by personal and political motivations and sought to provide an authentic representation of the disenfranchised communities with whom they spent months, years, or even decades with. Often conspiring with them to construct their own identity through the camera lens. So, these were photographers that look at communities of sexual experimenters, romantic rebels, outlaws, survivalists, the economically dispossessed, and those who openly flout social convention. This was the gaze of a capital A author placed right on the border between awareness and immersion in the very forms of darkness sensuality, pain and ecstasy that were otherwise firmly outside of the status quo. In particular, subjects are often linked to things like the life of transgender and transvestite communities, prostitutes, drug addicts, those who are mentally ill or physically handicapped. Uh, interesting, actually, that both Mary Ellen Mark and Diane Arbus uh, both have well-cited projects documenting the lives of identical twins. Uh, so just in case you're has it's had you watching The Shining any time recently and you've been getting all freaked out by the eerie aura of Lisa and Louisa Burns, as I recently was. Anyway, the work of Antoine de Gatte falls sweetly in this lineage of photographers whose tendency is toward the more interesting, often troubled fringes of society in particular those who really immerse themselves in the communities they are documenting, and often become genuine lovers and friends with their subjects. Of course, it comes as no surprise that de was under the tutelage at the International Centre of Photography in New York in the 1990s of his dual mentors Larry Clark and Nan Golding, the former of which was the first real exposure I had to the work of eerie and menacing photo documentary art through his infamous portrait of youth culture in Oklahoma, called Tulsa, uh, where he unflinchingly captures the overt sexuality, drug use and violence that he himself was immersed, or should we say immiserated in, at the time. The latter, Golden, responsible for some of the most moving and stark images of rural America in the latter half of the 20th century, in part her most notable work, The Ballad of Sexual Dependency, which documents the post-Stonewall queer subculture in America, as well as Golden's own family and friends. Over the course of his Overb, Degata has grappled with personal drug addiction, and this has in part been informed by how intertwined it is with his work, though he sees it in part as a way to experiment and truly connect with the situations and people that he photographs. Marked by its viscerality, Degata's photography takes to capturing frenzied sensations and movements as he and subjects engage in drug use, sexual intercourse, or even as they experience the throes of withdrawal. Using a variety of photographic techniques, including long exposure, Degata hymns to the long tradition, hearkening back to Francis Bacon of disrupting what Deleuze and Guattari would call the process of faciality. Uh, So a kind of increased focus on sensation, movement, uh, and placing an emphasis on the figural whilst resisting the figurative. Um, Over the course of his career, Degata has composed many bodies of work, Uh, such as Malanoche, Hometown, Insomnia, and Vortex, Uh, across countries such as Brazil, Peru, Nicaragua, France, Cuba, and Mexico. And his images are a total flow through pain, loneliness, and desolation, all the way to desire, passion, death, and the fragile line that unites and divides us all. In one particular project, Degata spent seven months cramped in a room with a crack-addicted prostitute in Cambodia named Lilith, um, a series of photographs actually being named after her, in which Degata's own bodily experimentation and self-destructive tendencies are depicted in various scenes of ravenous sexual intercourse and drug use with Lilith. Now, for all his charm of Deleuzian-infused molecular politics, Degata was clearly a bigger fan of Larry Clark than he was Nan Golden. To quote Brad Feuerhelm in American Suburbics, Antoine de has made a whole career built on nihilism and self-indulgent diaristic image making, dressed up in extremes to titillate quickly and get a quick fix of adulation. In particular, there remains something deeply unnerving to me about his reduction of a major collection of photographs documenting intimate, sexual and narcotic encounters he engaged in in Mexico, described by his publishers as a, quote, increasingly sickening reality, as simply titled, quote, Codex Mexico, 1986 to 2016, as if it is nothing other than Legata purposefully tracking down the worst stereotypes of a whole culture and putting in a book under the name of the nation's would-be photographic compendium of 30 years. Anywho, there remains something fascinating about the works themselves, less their uh, publishers in framing, shall we say. There appears in his enigmatic and visceral images something of what we like to call the ineffable, or as Simon O'Sullivan notes in his essay, the ethico-aesthetics of affect and the block of sensations. Uh, itself clearly a reference to Deleuze's book on Francis Bacon, as a strategy for accessing that which is normally outside yourself. That sadomasochistic practices, meditation, drugs and so on, all in different ways open up these molecular revolutionary worlds. Whether or not this aligns with the Barbican's previously mentioned sentiment of photographers whom desire an authentic representation of the disenfranchised communities with whom they spent months, years or decades is another question. And the question of whether de practice is ultimately a liberatory or exploitative process for those with whom he is immersed within is a subject of hot debate and continues to be so. In any case, I'll leave you now simply with a quote from de Gatta himself, introducing the synopsis of one of his latest publications, Insomnia. And I do implore you to go and check it out. Quote, The night, the sex, the wandering, the need to record not as a deliberate act, but as a flat pattern of regular and extreme experiences. A practice inseparable from a particular way of looking at life, where the risk, the desire, the unconscious remains the essential elements. No moral attitude there, no judgment, but the need to explore some universes, share them through without any precautions. It is a passage to the act of writing, to the verge of extinction, enjoyment and death.
1: I like the idea of people having a expected um sort of stereotype of what they think someone is or what they think something's about and then you kind of playing into that but then um kind of lampooning it and breaking it down and I think it can be very powerful to you know parody not in like a uh very obvious way but in a kind of subtle way can be an extremely good tool you know I'm talking about playing with the idea of stereotypes let's talk about the whole male female stereotype that oh and let's talk about the whole artistic couple stereotype (laughs) I'm joking but let's talk about this idea of the public and private come on it's an interesting conversation yeah, I mean... it. Because artistic practices are played out on Instagram now. There is no public-private anymore, you know, in anything. And also, it's also a mesh because our friendship groups become our collaboration groups. And there's something I want to read. I did an interview with Hector Campbell for the Absinthe publication, the first one that you were the curator of. And I talk about here um, my my thing about collaboration. And he asks me... Collaboration plays an important part in your artistic output. And you regularly work with filmmakers, cinematographers, songwriters, and composers. How do you approach collaboration? Is it hard to rely on others to enact your artistic vision? And here I talk about collaboration with people that I know really well, and I just want to read it out because I kind of think that we have collaborated kind of unofficially on quite a few things. Um, So I'm gonna quote myself here. I usually collaborate with people I know very well, current and ex-partners and friends, and it's a joy, especially the ex-boyfriend collaborations. There's a feeling of wanting to make something perfect because the other life collaboration you worked on together didn't go to plan. I'm not very good at keeping clear boundaries and like to posi- position myself in the middle. So collaboration with a partner is also just part of that aspect of my personality. It is always nice that you can look back on something beautiful if the relationship fails too. So that's like me being very psych- God, I
0: wish I wish I could have read that like seven months
1: ago. You probably should have read that because you created the exhibition, James. (laughs) I mean, that was written for absinthe by Hector, our friend. And that just says it all. So what I'm saying is, you know, no matter what, I think that the collaboration and the artistic thing you create is more important than the relationship. And for me, that's why you and I will always be, like, good friends. Because whenever we have arguments, and we do argue, like, really badly, as soon as we start talking about work, we will instantly get onto a common ground and, like, be able to communicate well because artists have this like second language which i think is their language of talking about their work and that's like some kind of universal thing um that like usual life dynamic and like the petty bullshit of being in a relationship doesn't erode and i think that is really nice and that's why you and i will always be friends right what would our collaboration look like well, there would be a physical journey
0: we must go to somewhere where it is a source but of... But
1: I'm... The thing is, I, I'm very into outer space. So for me, any kind of physical journey, it's like... We really need to go when off planet. And why does it have to be physical? Uh,
0: when you're interested in outer space, what do you mean?
1: Astronomy, astrology, like the planet. You know, I... Well, yeah, if I was to think of like a journey... Well, the Silver Stream is a journey through ideas, so but I love a journey.
0: Where, but... where the, the first ever telescopes were developed by, um, in religion, weren't they? They were. There's a very religious sort of undertone to it. like it was like the Pope commissioned a number of great sort oh, of obs- like observatories, no? For oh, I don't know. Studying the sky. Well, and using, well astrology that, and astronomy navigating. used to be linked, but look at the
1: butterfly. That's a classic, Oh, my God. Common butterfly. It's, you're so. Oh my God, that just sums us up. I'm like, look at this beautiful... Oh, it's just a common, classic have, uh, many brush of, of Kent.
0: I mean, look at the, the many thousands of bluebells <laughs> that we're looking at. Um, insects have been the longest living sort of creatures on yeah. the planet. Yeah. They were around uh, when the dinosaurs were around, hovering yeah. around Triceratops shit and that's uh, sucking on the veins of, 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 of Stegosaurus tails. Oh, uh, mosquitoes. If you um,
1: believe in dinosaurs, I think they could have been dragons. Well, maybe <laughs> they. We, they, have, we
0: they, have a thing. We have a thing here in London, Byzantia, called the Natural History Museum. Yeah,
1: maybe they put. You this, know,
0: maybe maybe we should do another episode there, and like oh, I can talk you talk you through every fossil, and you oh, can give me the back but, chat on it. No, but the, you con- the conspiracy it. theorists' because point of perspective on they, a. Put On a stegosaurus the, tail.
1: They could have put the skeletons together in a weird way. You know, they didn't ever find, like, whole ones. They found bits of them. So who's to say that they didn't have... They couldn't breathe fire. You know, dragons...
0: absolutely planets. untrue. In North Dakota, where you have these incredible uh, geology uh, formations of sandstone, very soft sandstone, oh. it preserves full Tyrannosaurus rexes. But who's to say they
1: didn't breathe fire? In every kind of culture you know historically they had depictions of these fire breathing uh dragons that could fly that looked like dinosaurs that's all i'm going to say on the matter (laughs) um anyway so what would it look like this journey why does it need to be a physical journey
0: i mean firstly there's
1: a journey through an the mind an area also, of interest also don't research. you think that artworks are all like all means and like portals to another world and so just standing in front of something you can physically like traverse time and space because you can be transfixed by an artwork you kind of lose all sense of time looking at it yeah, it takes um, you to a different place so this kind of journey doesn't have to literally we doesn't to, have to be we so to fucking follow, literal if we james were
0: to, if we were to follow the serpentine gallery's guidance for what the future of art would be we'd all have um virtual reality goggles on god
1: i'm not talking about that i'm talking about the experience of standing in front of something and being transfixed and moved. I'm not talking about VR, again, too literal. <laughs> I'm talking about, like, the well, experience I mean, the of art, how you art, encounter art an art artwork. has to come
0: from something, doesn't it? It has to come from an idea or it has yes. to come from some research. Yeah. And so this is a primary Well, I'm very
1: of... interested in the moon, as you know, as a symbol. Yeah. I suppose I'm also very interested in like very very deep water because we know more about outer space than we know about very very deep water so maybe some kind of submarine could be cool. Again, that goes back to the life of aquatic. Could you make us a submarine?
0: I could certainly have a go. Let me tell you about my boat.
3: Here's the engine room. The bearing casings aren't supposed to look like that, but we can't afford to fix them this year. Top side we've got the bridge, the mini-sub, an old chopper, and all kinds of radar and sonar and underwater movie gadgets.
0: What happened to Jacqueline?
3: She didn't really love me.
0: I think there's something that you have been interested about. Um, and Which is way? very interesting, it's something that core to your work yeah and what? um and it it uh, it is in some of the most interesting places on the planet up here. um Hi. it's all over the world it's all over
1: what are you talking
0: about it's, the internet no the pre the, the religion of the internet um religion
1: Oh yeah, well spirituality. The spirit, yeah, yeah exactly.
0: What guides maybe someone through the some life kind of the living? Of,
1: well, maybe we could do some kind of um, pilgrimage style. Like. Exactly,
0: like the interest that I have in mountaineering in the Himalayas mm. is very exciting.
1: But why do you want to do a collaboration with me? Because.
0: I want to. I want to be able to collaborate with the journey side of the work, with the architectural side of the work. I collaborate with architects. That's Why a very do you think new of development. Me for the journey? Because there are many artists, you being a good friend, <laughs> and that also have this interest in research. Yeah. And research made mobile is m- some of the most produces some of the most stunning work that you How can do ever you mean imagine. made mobile. Well research via the Oracle which is the internet or something that you occasionally refer to as the Oracle. It's very I, I it's a very, dry, very of, <laughs> a very dry very dry way very dry way which is the opposite of what the oracle should be. It should, be, should, be a, should be a great place of, of joyous moments, you know. Oh um, but um, yeah, the, the dryness of internet research when you can have yeah. the reality of what we're all understanding right now. In this time of lockdown, what being stuck against it? computer screens yeah. and trying to understand the world from the point of perspective of a mouse stroke.
1: Mm, um, yeah. when But you've been having virtual Zoom dinners, so you really can't talk.
0: <laughs> I mean <laughs> And well you can't talk. phoning um, <laughs> me up in absolute mess I know, I wish... to try and convince me to do this talk with you today.
1: I wish I had recorded me having a meltdown, it was gold.
0: Um, I wouldn't say gold. I would say it was quite dramatic. It was
1: radio gold. It was <laughs> it on. was dramatic. You and were, what did you say? that I You said I shouldn't use my experience as... What did you say? You said something like you shouldn't be using your personal experience in your work. No, I've never said that. When I said I should be recording my meltdown, you were like, you shouldn't be using...
0: Well, I mean, there's a difference between raw information and... Information that has somewhat been thought about before it's, you know... Yeah,
1: but I like those moments of reality. Yeah, stream of consciousness. I love that.
0: Your stream of consciousness will always be going on a journey where you'll constantly be operating off an organic horizon to try and achieve some sort of research, to understand something, to yeah. bring a great piece of work home. Yeah, everything's research
1: for me. Everything's my work. You know, there's no separation
0: for me. I know, but travelling whilst you're doing this... And
1: but maybe this is the collaboration. Also, we this. are literally walking, having this conversation, being transported to like ideas. <laughs> and so maybe this is the thing. Is this the thing? Is this the collaboration? Well,
0: it's the early days of understanding whether we actually benefit from the idea of it.
1: Mm. I mean, what can I bring to your practice? You're like well, no, a macho male sculptor. The practice
0: would come to you and it would supply you a wonderful vehicle. To... Although
1: I'm very good at making like a... Environment and making something that, like, trans- I don't know, making something feel a bit kind of magical. I
0: suppose I had a really exciting conversation with the architect Thomas, who I'm working. Oh with. yeah,
1: let's go into that. He project. was saying
0: to me that our new piece of architecture that uses uh, 3D scanned objects that have then been robo-robotically formed in steel sheets to create the exoskeleton and uh, outer elevation structures of this. Pavilion, we're making. Yeah. Studio. He's saying, well.
1: You're making a walking studio.
0: Yes. Yeah, using
1: f- robots doing stuff that robots have not done before. Yes. But may I add the cat flap that you added into this design for Onyx? The cat that I named, by the way. Um, <laughs> can I just say that cat flap is too small?
0: We, we decided together when, when we were in a good place the name for Onyx.
1: I came up with Onyx.
0: A small, furry son.
1: I came up with who Onyx. You're
0: quite frankly abandoned (laughs) oh my god how personal do you want to get
1: very Um, outrageous (laughs) but wait I named Onyx but the cat flap is far too small on that structure James
0: it's not small. Well, it depends how much food Onyx feeds himself because but he misses his mother. a normal cat
1: flapper... <laughs> a normal cat flappers. Puts on the
0: weight because mummy's not around.
1: <laughs> okay, anyway. So you're, robo, you're getting robots to do stuff they would never normally do. You're 3D printing a studio. We have
0: decided to put the robot, if we are to go ahead with this... Design of a piece of architecture, then the robot could be housed within the architecture. So as one moves through. These various different areas of research and journeys through cities and landscapes, junglescapes and mountains. That if they see something that fascinates them, they can 3D scan it, and the robot can record it into the still and that becomes part of the architecture that hosts them in their studio. So a studio
1: within. walks around through weird places. That
0: organically changes as the artist research develops. Which it becomes a collage of oh, the interest. Are of you actually going
1: to use this studio to go somewhere? Well, it's very... I mean, how far is it going to be able to go though? James, how can it go into the jungle it's like a walking shed it can go like down the new kent road surely like how far are you gonna get in this oh, thing oh i
0: love this is just like that little kid on the beginning of jurassic park that says <laughs> <laughs> that says a velociraptor it's the size of a turkey and it has to pull out the claw from his back pocket and say now listen
2: you
0: know, this piece <laughs> of architecture is designed to be of what, a similar it, can speck. it go
1: overseas of can it- course it's Shut designed up. to be
0: airlifted in. It's a oh, airlifted! Well,
1: anyone can airlift. I could be airlifted somewhere on a skateboard and skate around. I mean, well, you'd you have
0: nowhere to live, would you? I think you'd just you just have need your skateboard to lie on and sunbathe <laughs> on, bask in the sun, come up with some. <laughs> silly idea when you <laughs> <laughs> no. wonderful of architecture <laughs> to host this wonderful
1: I think James that you need to really consider the fact that this you walking know, studio sort of... needs to be able to go on water because well, it then is. it can it's go amphibious. well it better be it is now <laughs>
0: it's not seaworthy
1: it, is now. it needs it's to small, be seaworthy small
0: tributaries and waterways
1: so what? Okay, so, so someone, an artist is doing a residency in the Amazon rainforest, so they get airlifted in and their studio. No,
0: I want to talk to Henry Hudson about a painting project where right. he has this wonderful machine that's painting paintings from what he paints on his iPad Yeah. and he can come on this expedition Yeah. And paint these junglescapes because that's much... So you're
1: going to go to the jungle? That's a it? lot
0: about his work, he's got lots of junglescapes. Well
1: when do I get to go in this thing? When do I get a spin? Well. <laughs> can I just finish my story? <laughs> I want to make this like beautiful crop circle inside with all these molten meteorite sculptures like yeah you could definitely do some hydraulics on that for me but that would probably be more of a favour and then the other thing,
0: <laughs> absolutely <laughs>
1: outrageous, the not other taking thing this is
0: seriously. The
1: other thing is like this again is another lunar landing, another lunar landing style exhibition. But I was thinking you could create like a sculpture that looks like the lunar rovers. Is that what they were? And we create some kind of fictitious moon landing style thing, but maybe on Mars. We could do like a trip to Mar- like you know like we've discovered Mars or something. I'm very interested
0: in terraforming equipment and how one would start. Uh, com- you know, like how one would go about building human civilati- civilization on on Mars. Yeah,
1: let's let's get into that kind of vibe. I like That's that. That's pretty interesting. That's a good collaboration. So, how would
0: you how would you like it? To- Um, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you what would you need first on mars
1: nothing i a (laughs) gin and
0: tonic and a certain dj
1: oh my god shut up (laughs) no i would love to be on an absolutely different planet to that dj with people I would love to look back at the Earth, and I think that Earthrise photo, which was the first look back at Earth,
0: signs of the ball.
1: Yeah, I know <laughs> that first photo, of the Earthrise photo. Do you know the one I mean, where it showed the planet uh, uh, Earth from the Moon? I think well, the first one was from a spaceship or something, mm. but it was the first look back at our planet, when we weren't on it. If you know what I mean, like it was this reflexive moment of looking back at ourselves in this sea of darkness and our planet looks like this beautiful oasis if you believe that the photo is real of course there's a lot of conspiracy theories about that but i think there would be this amazingly freeing thing about like getting onto a different planet and looking back at yourself so yeah when we were walking and i was talking about the earthrise photo Um, I got it wrong, it's actually called The Blue Planet, and it's this image of the first image of the whole of the Earth taken from space. There's this really nice exhibition text from this exhibition called The Whole Earth, California and the Disappearance of the Outside at the HKW in Berlin. And I want to just read part of the text because I refer back to it a lot and I really love it. The image of the blue planet reverses the relationship between interior and exterior space. As the expansive view into outer space turns 180 degrees, it focuses back in on the planet from which it was originally cast. The planet now appears as the horizon of our view and is paradoxically both that which we behold and the place from which we behold it. It appears to us as a complete entity upon which we can gaze from outside, then shows us as part of the system in which all things are interconnected. It calls forth a new planetary consciousness, an awareness of the big picture. The Earth as a whole has moved into the field of a new and permanent visibility and is now part of a global, media-defined present.
0: Yeah.
1: There's something about, like, like right now, we can see, where are we right now? We can see, like, so far. We're on
0: the North Downs, looking at the Pilgrim's Way. Oh, nice. That's the...
1: That's it's the just world, amazing you know, distance, to see, isn't it? Down. It's amazing to see
3: that way far
1: there's something about seeing far that is just really freeing and I think if we did a collaboration I would want it to feel like this for people where it's like expansive like you can see really far even if we created that a monumental but I want it to be indoors so I don't want it to be like an actual like land art style thing but I want to be able to create this feeling indoors indoors? because I want to create this feeling indoors because then it's playing with this idea of artificiality and all of this stuff well you could couldn't you because Lunar water created a very weird experience indoors for people. You can, you can do something weird. You can't create the
0: noise or the sense of smell. Well, you can.
1: Of... I've done lots of stuff like with scented. I mean, you can, but I think it's interesting because it's. <sighs> I don't know, because you can't get the because sub... the sublime outside is never going to be captured by an artwork because people can just look at this well, and like. This is why all these discs. Can any artwork be as good as monumental this? Monumental
0: sculptors of the eras because of being macho. Male artists have attempted to try and yeah, bring this sense of
1: But it's impossible. Beauty we were talking on the walk and we spoke about these kind of land land works. And I was sort of like joking about them being these big macho kind of things. Um, but I know that they are things that you like. And I have a feeling I'm gonna ask you what your favourite artwork is, and I have a feeling you're gonna say spiral jetty. Am I right or am I wrong?
0: I've I've been to see Spiral Jetty. Walter Zella marina, the lightning fields also place where I visited.
1: I really want to see that.
0: And that was kind of what I was explaining on the walk as a monumental work in the landscape. Mm. Um, Michael Heiser has always been a very um, influential artist. um, City in uh, Utah, Uh, Drag Mass, it has a big relationship to what we were talking about um, with uh, Fitzgeraldo, Werner, Werner Herzog's film with the dragging of the boat over the mountain uh, Donald Judd Studios were a massive influence, Spring Street in New York and also Martha which is an incredible place uh, Chris I Burden
1: well. I want to see the Martha lights there's a phenomenon on yeah. there of the Martha lights that are meant to be UFOs
0: No, yeah, we went to have a look and I didn't see any but there were oh. people out watching uh, chris burden uh flying steamroller and samson they're like major influences to um to me and then a a friend richard wilson uh his work slice of reality which we actually uh we we passed on our boat um there's david smith's letter which is an incredible sculpture uh, when it was made in the 19 i think it was 1950 late 50s uh caro moore and chadwick for 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 what they were um as well um uh Barbara Hepworth the uh, British Sculptors um and I suppose there's there's yourself and um there's Luna Waters Harrow. What? Shut up. Alongside a number of friends who are living on this.
1: You're just saying that because we had a Skype argument a second ago and you're trying to be nice now. <laughs> We always have these big rows over nothing. Anyway, carry on.
0: I'm interested in uh, land art, but um, I think it's um, Michael Snow made uh, an incredible film uh, which is all about landscape and he he mm. built a machine. Um, and this film's probably about uh, three and a half hours long I actually went to the BFI to watch his talk and, um, and, the, and the screening of this film. I forget exactly what it's called. <laughs> David Smith is a very. No, I
1: agree, I agree. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, I don't think that you can really ever get that sublime. The only way you can get the new feeling of the sublime, which I've said a lot on the Silverstream, is like the internet because well, it's you're, limitless you're and it's more inspiring. No, the, I'm not. The
0: physical, the getting no, in the submarine no, to see if the ocean is no, that. Good.
1: No, because I'm saying I want to do that.
0: But it's so easy for us now, as civilization, as society, to just sit by our computers. No, but I'm
1: not saying that. I'm just saying that's where the new sublime is found,
0: and that's where the new understanding of life is found. Which you mean by the sublime? Is that? What no, you mean? the
1: sublime is like awe-inspiring. Um, it makes you afraid. You can't. It's limitless. You can't see the edges of it. You know, the internet is like that. The dark web. There's all this stuff you can't see, you can't fathom, I mean, I have, it connects us through space and time, so it is like a time travelling portal. I have portal. serious
0: bookshelves because I, I disbelieve that. Well no that's I good. I information I'm just, in books which I'm not saying it's have.
1: right, I'm just saying it's where you can find this idea of this like terrifying huge presence. I mean if, anyf- presence. if anything
0: it undoes the skill set, like, for instance engineering. We're
1: arguing at cross purposes as usual. I can see you're getting stressed out, so I want to play you something funny to chill you out. You want, are you ready? This is someone doing a spoof of Werner Herzog reading Where's Waldo and it reminds me of something about something. So, here we go.
4: There to begin? Top left corner. Hidden somewhere in this noisy, chaotic morass of society is our fellow traveller, Waldo. A man unstuck from place and time, He travels the world on foot. His only lifeline to his friends and family, a litany of dreary picture postcards sent from arbitrary locations the world over. His postcards do nothing to convey the humanity, the madness of Voldo's adventures. For that, we must go find him. Voldo leaves trinkets scattered behind him, shedding a wake of objects as he goes. What story do these leavings tell? They are a series of transmissions from the past, sent in a code we cannot decipher. Is that a scroll? Or merely a rolled-up towel? After trying so hard to find the scroll, are we sure we can handle the real answer? Occasionally, Voldo is all but impossible to ferret out. Sometimes it seems like he's barely trying. At the ski slopes, I find him almost immediately. At the sea, I hunt until I am mad, and yet Waldo does not reveal himself to me. Oh, there he is. Hello, my little friend. His naivete will be his undoing, as it will be for each of us in turn. Why all this travel? We search for Waldo, but what is Waldo searching for? Perhaps he is not searching at all, but running from something. Does this man even want to be found? Or, in searching for Waldo, did we really find ourselves? No, probably not. This has been verse Waldo. I'm Werner Herzog. Good night, Sabermaus.
1: Oh my god. Did you listen to that? I love it. Can I just say the bit where it's like, we are searching for Waldo, but what is Waldo searching for? does this man even want to be found? I don't know, this reminds me somehow of like this idea of the journey, James. And like, what are we both in our practices searching for and what is it about? But also this like over-analyzing something. I just, oh, I just love that spoof, Wells one, a Herzog thing. Did you like it? I love it. Good. Yeah, so if we were to do a Mars mission, we would have to get obviously Red Earth that would be but I'm also very obsessed with this white chalk because you know I did like well the ultimate journey is really my astral travel right
0: yeah the silver lake
1: the silver stream well the silver the lake, silver lake. yeah but it's the silver and stream the okay, souls whatever. in the silver lake yes yes if you'd listened to one of my radio episodes you would have heard I spoke about that but you don't You'll bother have to listen. edit
0: that out because
1: no you decided kidding.
0: to call it the silver stream yeah but
1: anyway the point is the place I go because it it's got should two s's it, it sounds lake. nice but I'm just thinking like that an another big scale installation I could do and that is the ultimate journey because it's a journey without leaving your body well your body your soul leaves your body you know astral projection so that's kind of interesting what do you think about that
0: yeah I think you know landscape is far greater and far harder to work with as a sculptor than it is to put something in a room you know
1: no but we're talking about the idea of a journey without actually physically leaving which in this time of lockdown being able to astral travel is quite a useful skill i've got to say um
0: here's the chalk of the lockdown
1: exactly grab a bit of that put it in your pocket will you do you think most artists are accessible
0: i think i think there's a i think i think when you get very excited about anything um it just becomes your second nature i mean you're excitement for what you do is a great understatement you know what you do is what you have done for many many years now you know it's not just your interest but it's your love it's your love for yourself that is why you can talk about your work with passion you can talk about what you do with integrity you can tell me to shut up and you can say hey it's my radio station shut up you know don't want you talking over the top of me you know You, you, you can sound sound to your listeners like you're constantly talking about yourself but you're doing it because you have a huge amount of passion for what you do you know, and you vocalise it yeah, and it's very exciting.
1: As we found out on the walk, you do not listen to my radio show, so you have no idea and it does not sound like I'm talking about myself. It's always in collaboration with the artists and I do a huge amount of research on their practice and make things that are very beautiful. It is not a self-indulgent project. You should listen before you criticise it. I'm not criticising you. You're jumping. You've only a... listened to the one I did with you about absinthe where I was talking about my work because i was talking
0: about ben vince's mix well i mean like you know it's very good anyway it's good because it gives people and i, I it, people get a feeling for what it's like to be an artist from your perspective which is very exciting
1: um no i just think that there is this idea of like journey without leaving the body and i think that's what we want to explore and that doesn't mean just like the internet which of course is the new sublime but is as you say flawed and boring um well
0: it's not that it's just it's very controlling
1: yeah know? but we could do yeah. something with this idea of uh,
0: you, you come up with an idea dreams dreams make,
1: as well like any kind dreams, of dream lucid dreams astral making, projection
0: making dreams a reality is is infinite yeah there's no there's no margins yeah and as artists that's what i've always said to you you're a universe builder i know you don't make roads you don't make connections you don't sort of you turn internet research into um a one-off piece of art but i don't just do internet research because it's topical I don't and just The do... collective loves the topical artist because the topical artist is in with the fashion. Yeah. And then out with tomorrow when the fashion changes. Yeah. And that's what the art world becomes since the nineties and it's just disruptive. It's
1: very mm. disruptive. Oh wanna... oh wait, I'm gonna pass my phone to you and you can do like a little bit on what you think's gonna happen after this whole corona thing to the art world because well, you love to do that. I,
0: I don't think I can speculate.
1: You've been speculating all the way here. I
0: don't think I can speculate.
1: Live on air.
0: <laughs> what, I, what I believe and what should happen, and and really where it should be somewhere. But in don't the you think
1: this is the end of capitalism? No,
0: but I think artists should be respected by those great funding bodies and these big institutions, which take all of this money from the Arts Council yeah. to stay afloat should really get more financially savvy like american institutions who have philanthropists supporting them artists at this point in time are absolutely desperate and to receive 12 not even that no, 2500 £2, pounds £2, maximum from the if arts you're lucky council. enough
1: to get it we both advise let's to get see it, we should get it Council's we being, better get it
0: when the arts council has <laughs> been given 170 million is a little bit unfair because we're we're where the art comes from you know yeah the great thing with artists is that they always work out a way
1: i know but is it fair that we always have to work out a way of putting our dreams into reality i mean i I suppose there are dreams and that's
0: part of that how you know
1: we're not curing cancer we're not curing corona we're not people in labs i feel like it's very hard for me to make work at the moment because i'm like what is my purpose i feel like
0: it's a struggle but you're still making work yeah i know working brilliantly because it it reaches out to people.
1: And I'm doing the YouTube stuff and, like, yeah, I know, but, like, aren't we just a bit pointless and redundant as people artists? We're not. You're crazy. You're Mm.
0: absolutely crazy. You have to fight. All artists have had to fight for their existence. I'm
1: tired of fighting.
0: You've got to keep on fighting. You you can't run out of energy. I want to go back to talking about um, Burden of Dreams. Because Burn of Dreams is a statement film showing how, um, how a number of people mobilize a dream, they get it into reality. A number of human beings do it under the direction of Werner Herzog. Um, and it's important that dreams come back to us. That we, It's important, I feel, for many, many uh, people in society today to mobilize dreams. Most people do mobilize dreams in one way or another throughout their life. They have an incredible family, they have kids. They get an incredible house. They have incredible jobs. You know, they go on incredible holidays. But us as artists, we live in that in that territory every hour of every day. What we see as a as a dream is often a reality tomorrow. Tell your quote um, that you say within the lunar water tarot readings you do.
1: Oh, the best way to predict the future is to create the
0: future. And that is all about what I'm talking about. It's about taking a dream and putting it into reality and that is what this burden of dreams is and it's a fantastically optimistic viewpoint of getting something which was so challenging and um and outrageous at the time into reality Um, and it's a great great uplifter Um, so you say oh you know james you come out and you uplift people and blah 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 if i if i haven't got anyone that uplifts me then I I would go and watch this film or read David Smith's (laughs) writings or, you know. So, yeah, I mean, going back to our collaboration, if there was ever to be a collaboration... Oh, my God, we
1: would kill each other.
0: Well, I mean, you know, I think, you know there's definitely a possibility in that there's definitely a possibility in someone being left on Mars and someone else going back <laughs> to tell the story And as a much better storyteller. I feel that I should oh be in God. the shuttle uh, the,
1: the, story
0: on the way home kind of thing. I think um, I'm a
1: better storyteller, but I wouldn't mind being left on Mars. <laughs>
0: I'll make sure I leave you enough food rations, uh, canned, <laughs> canned uh, fruit or whatever it is. You know? <laughs> I'm
1: eating your chocolates as we speak. Um,
0: and you will, and you will be with the great Elon Musk, who I'm sure will keep you great company. Okay. You know, um, with his prolific kind of quotes and uh, and tweets.
1: I don't really think it's good to sit, sit on benches these days. I'll really? oh, sit on the grass, it's you sit on the bench. It's okay. You, it's your life.
0: Well, like, well, why don't we walk out into the middle of the field? Fine. And the field.
1: Oh, okay, that's better, yeah. I mean, it's me. It's what I You're too far away from this mic. You better not say after we've done all this that I'm going to have to edit out certain bits. You're going to say that, aren't you? It's difficult to explain
0: my work because... Can you it's... put your
1: head closer to the mic?
0: It's, diffi- it's difficult to explain explain my work when its origins are my life no
1: know? but I want you to say on the record that you're not going to make me edit anything out because no, yeah, I would like this not. to be a stream of consciousness
0: yeah sure I don't know whether I've said anything bad I no. probably have
1: just too many personal details about us but I think that's nice it's like well in you're the one years, that we'll persevered with
0: that I would have in I would have t- kept it quiet <laughs> in 20
1: know? years though don't you think it's Four. a nice thing to listen back to I don't know. It is. It's, like, interesting, isn't it? Especially if, I mean, I'm sure you'll be an uber-successful artist. um, And it will be, like... I'm sure you'll be more successful. Well, let's hope so. You
0: know? (laughs) We all know (laughs) so.
1: Competition. No, but it's a nice document, isn't it? Two (laughs) artists that are, like, best friends, used to be lovers, sort of, like, what's the word for it? Non-official collaborators now discussing their first official collaboration. Because, let's face it, artists who are friends with each other collaborate unofficially constantly. Every conversation is a collaboration, every like little critique in the studio, every person helping you put something up in a space and being like, oh no, that looks better over there. You know, these these collaborative processes and these friendships and blurry boundaries are incredibly important to the whole artist experience. It's a historical thing. You know, you think of the Bloomsbury group or the YBAs, any kind of group. It's about this. And that's why this is interesting for people
0: i mean I, I i i know I know it is, and I know lots of artists do this, but we do get buckled you know get buckled by the cogs of the the art world and the the things and I've tried to stay very you know stable within it and i've I've been aided that stability by Hannah Barry and by a really good gallerist and i've I've been allowed to just get on with my research and get yeah. on with my without having to um you know, uh, duck and dive to the yeah. to the to the relative.
1: But you do have collectors that support models. you and stuff as well. Yeah, you know? of
0: course. I mean, like every artist does. Yeah. Um, but you know, in in whatever way they can, when they can, yeah. not sort of like in a. Uh, oh, all Patronous, the all the right? all the shelves are are sold out you know the the yeah. whole art fair booth sold you know yeah it's not that kind of thing but it it's enough to sort of allow one to sort of be original and, and push original ideas that aren't aren't sort of coinciding with um with with uh, with the topic or the topical agenda and the reason that i have the issues with the topical agenda is because artists have always been speculators we've always speculated that's why i love this mars idea yeah. because it's absolute speculation yes
1: everything. and is
0: for, everything is for people for, just for,
1: viewing things and for art having to be their great. on it in like, their own way right like charlie charlie charlie, charlie mills different.
0: charlie mills posted like epstein's rock drill you yeah. know the sculpture that looks yeah. like the thing yeah. out of star wars yeah. you know um uh, Epstein wrote the book yeah. "Let There Be Sculpture" because his predominant scenario around figurative sculpture of the time was that he needed to push the boundaries because mm. he could see this topical agenda and the cogs of the art world just controlling the artist's aspect ratio to what they were creating. That would never allow for change. To not be able to speculate never allows the future to unfold or the future to become more acceptable to the people tomorrow, because. The work we were making today was ahead of its time.
1: But the future about- the
0: future is now we live in the future now
1: well you create for the, the people of now for you the people of tomorrow the now to accept what the future will be well, become things. this is law classic law of attraction that you say you don't believe in that i believe in. well
0: i don't believe in because it has not worked in one sodding right. good way for us you
1: have to do it right you have to think of the thing you want and you have to feel the emotion stop making this about us as a couple let's talk about like the fact that people might have thought of you just as an engineer because your work is all about hydraulics and engineering. Well, i mean that's
0: the future isn't it it's It's like engineering is, uh, is, is an implementation Maybe to creating, creating what the future is. Maybe creating
1: some kind of bunker to stop people getting coronavirus.
0: But well, I mean, then that's topical. And then, <laughs> and then that's, that, that clearly would fit in with the collective's agenda to sort of yeah. see what do you that think news, of all the news media is processed in the right way into artists, collectible artwork. What do you for, think
1: of all the artists who are doing like a kind of response to coronavirus in their physical artworks in some way? Obviously I did a radio episode, but that was more linked so you haven't listened, of course, but it was more linked to my interest in spirituality. A, but like, what do you think of the artist? I have for, like,
0: admiration for. You know, it's important that everyone, everyone has a. And, and I have, I have a response as well. You know, I have an education program which allows that allows for certain areas of this to be covered. I mean, we, but you find you find these areas within your own personal coding within the within the iconography that you are. You don't change your, you don't change yourself to to mm. to 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 work. Um, within that scope and I think people that are finding ways to do it are it's 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 incredibly admirable so
1: we're going to do the mars as a collaboration Where but we, we must think we must think of the future Where are we gonna one, show thing, one thing Where are we gonna show one thing mars one thing
0: one thing that is good good for now around all of the corona that's going on and all of the the covid19 issues and g- global economic uh, meltdown is is to sort of say hey we're thinking about the future this is yeah, what the I know future what is, is tomorrow my
1: father said that in the radio episode but you haven't listened he said we have to create our, a different dialogue
0: well that's what is do exactly. that's what great artists do so that
1: is why we do have a function within this time
0: Thank and that God. is our function not to be making masks i mean designers I designers masks. can make masks they
1: should be all the designers should be creating masks and gowns it's an absolute like well outrageous. not all of them they
0: they some of them might need to make houses. speculative There's
1: no fashion is really difficult at the moment they should be making lab coats it's easy for them to do they have all the equipment well Anyway, I'm gonna make some masks for myself because why not? Like I can do that. And friends as well. I mean I don't mind doing that. It doesn't impede on my own artistic practice. I used to do fashion. And you you did do
0: fashion, yeah. (laughs) I think I think you have to I think you have to bear in mind that the future is more is, is incredibly important. Getting to the future is something that we're all equipped to do and where we can help, we should help. And that's, and that's what we do as human beings, uh, empathetic human beings anyway. Yeah. Um, but the future is incredibly important. And that's where the great artists have always been the speculators that have wanted to collaborate with the people that they can bring in around them right now. Yeah. to um look at a future for civilization or a future for any you know any kind of orientation of emotional feeling as well as well as engineering as well as as well as the the, the great aesthetics of tomorrow you know it's always been ahead the fashion the fashion fashion follows its its predictions yeah, art, yeah. art art does not have a prediction to follow it follows Great artists who think of the future today, make the future today for tomorrow. Yeah,
1: but they also key into a kind of collective zeitgeist unconscious thing. That's also the artist's role. That's why sometimes artists do because it's not just as as simple as oh it's just a fashion thing because sometimes artists are, you know, on different sides of the world and they're in different contexts, but they will draw on the same thing and that's the collective unconscious and that is interesting to me. So I don't think it's like all oh like oh how it's It's a sign it's a sign
0: of it's a sign of the times, you know? It's a sign of the times that it' Uh, but and, all art is the, defined in, by its time. Of course it is. We're, you just can't necessarily we're, 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 see it at the time. The, you only see it when good, you look good back. Art, good artists are reporters of their oh, time.
1: God, we just literally art, scream over good each other. Artists are, good artists
0: are reporters <laughs> of their time. We Great we artists speculate tomorrow. This is
1: why we're going to work as a good couple. Do you think we'll be able to collaborate You have a massive
0: grin over your face. <laughs> Like you're not like you're not you're not standing there with a baseball bat. Do you think that we would be able
1: to collaborate successfully on a project or do you think you would just take over and be like domineering and annoying?
0: I think I think you more have the potential <laughs> to take over and be a domineering bitch or whatever. <laughs> about, <laughs> about the color that something should go. You know, I've got this I want to powder coat this 2002 zero, zero, two, mm. and you're like no fucking way. It's going the same color as my lips. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, it's going to look like one massive That is another really
1: macho male artist, sexist thing to say, can I just say? Like, it's good that I know you're joking, but you really <laughs> want to watch that with the type of work you make.
0: Well, you know.
1: Talking to your it's ex not, It's about not going to fucking lipstick. happen. Oh yeah, because I'm just this like bimbo that wants things to match my lipstick. Good one, James. <laughs> what a great way to come across.
0: No, no, we, I, I like the idea. The terraforming idea is very important and it is it is of tomorrow. You know, there was that whole sort of, thing that you had to apply for a one way ticket to Mars, do you remember that? I don't know, we need to sort of look into that because that was and um you know, that Would
1: you go to Mars? It All you ended went? up Would you go? turning
0: into a bit like of Fire a. It was Island. like a hoax, wasn't like it? Like Fire Island. Like, mm, oh yeah, well exactly. Yeah. I
1: just want to make something that's an experience for people that transports them somewhere else without there being a physical journey. Just in their being somewhere, they are transported somewhere else. They're experiencing things differently. They have a new encounter. You're talking along the lines
0: encounter- of utilising technology.
1: No, I'm talking about sculptures and it just being a setting that creates a numinous, numinous encounter where they are transported and transfixed and it's like a beauty i want beauty i want to create beauty a beauty and something absolutely strange beauty is
0: quite vain
1: no not beauty talking about like a beautiful experience that is like laced with strangeness like outer space you know like but then you would the need sublime. to go you
0: would need to go to somewhere you would need to go to like a volcanic island no, off of chile no, no, like to sort to create... of be around those strange rock formations yeah, yeah maybe as that research you of...
1: just want to go on holiday with me <laughs> we can do a research. We must sure. go
0: on an expedition. You can only reach that uncanny uh, aesthetic by being on that volcanic rock in the sea, in the Pacific, well, it certainly helps. looking at the the, the lava formations holiday. and how the thing. I think
1: you've been in self isolation too long, and you just want to go. on No, holiday. not
0: at all. I mean, like, you have <laughs> you have to you have to consider these things. Yeah. And your astro traveling dreams will be, become that much more vivid if you decided that you you would go to the foothills of the himalayas
1: okay fine we can maybe go to the himalayas and you seem to, have to the, bent on to the, the, the himalayas.
0: volcanic island off of chile and the um the the great salt plains of of is it is it peru or am i completely wrong about that i it's, hope so you're wrong no i, it, I am like wrong it's not idiot. peru it's like oh, the it's, salt, bolivia. it's bolivia. Bolivia. bolivia yeah there
1: was a radio episode rob lye went to the salt plains in bolivia and it was this very because that's interesting because it's where all the lithium is but also salt well, it's
0: where they've, they've, they, they, I they actually have Can the military
2: pointing I guns speak? at people's heads to dig Can the lithium out of the mountain
1: speak? lithium is used as like a green technology and salt spiritually is seen as something that cleanses the earth or cleanses your spell so it's interesting that this lithium exists in this salt plane almost like nature is pointing to the source of the solution it's very interesting i did a radio episode about it nature rewards the brave with rob lie you should listen to it i can't believe you don't listen to these episodes yet you claim to be in love with me it's very strange but anyway yeah i would like to to <laughs> we those have conversations
0: planes. like this by the way listeners we have conversations <laughs> like this yeah um so? pretty much every day
1: so <laughs> so <laughs> so what
0: well, i let the listeners make their minds up
1: What do you mean? What's that supposed to mean? (laughs) Anyway, this is probably a good point to leave it, unless you have any other macho male artists, like, sexist comments to make, or, like...
0: Well, I mean, I spend most of my time hiding away so that I'm not being accused of of this macho male sexist no, artist but, but most of my time hi- hiding away in my in my studio keeping a low profile from these uh from these heavies moving through town you know no. rumbling all the bricks in my studio building as they uh position themselves in <laughs> the various institutions um around the world
1: you are uh, a very supportive <laughs> male artist to your female contemporaries i
0: bloody hope so
1: you are um, well, I think that's that's a wrap. Our collaboration is done for the first beginning stage and we'll see you next time in a massive space with a full Mars extravaganza. You've been listening to The Silver Stream on Soho Radio and now we've just got time for our final feature coming from Hector Campbell who'll be giving us his monthly art recommendations. For those that don't know, Hector is an art historian, writer and curator based in South London. Hector is a regular contributor to Fab Magazine and has written for publications such as Assemblage Magazine, 55 Factory, Arrested Motion, and Pure Film, as well as numerous galleries and artists. Hector is a founding member of Collective Ending HQ, a collectively-run gallery and studio complex where I am also a member, alongside Charlie Mills, who we heard from previously.
3: Hello, my name is Hector Campbell. As regular listeners to this show will know, my normal contribution involves exhibition recommendations. However, due to the current lockdown and closure of all galleries, I'm going to be doing something a little different this month. While many galleries are offering online viewing rooms and virtual exhibitions, I personally prefer to wait this period out until I can once again see and recommend physical exhibitions, as there can be no real substitute for seeing works of art in person. One source of content I have found solace in during this time is podcasts. And while art is a visual medium, there are many podcasts that provide interesting insight into artists, the art world and galleries, without relying heavily on visual source material. Therefore, I'm going to recommend four podcasts that all provide engaging art-based discussion. And while I would recommend you familiarise yourself with the work of the artists or projects featured, it is by no means a prerequisite to enjoying the podcasts themselves. I should also say that all of these podcasts will be available via your usual podcast providers, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc., The first podcast I would like to recommend is To The Studio. Currently in its second season, To The Studio, hosted by David Auburn, himself a painter and MA graduate of the Royal College of Art, takes you inside the artist's studio. As each episode, David sits down with a contemporary artist to discuss their life and work through the investigation of their studio practice. David is an extremely competent host, and the podcast managed to offer in-depth insights into each artist's output and means of navigating the art scene. My particular favourite guests have included Victor Seawood, Beatrice Lettuce Boyle, Ray Hicks and Francesca Blomfield. The second podcast I'd like to recommend is Chats with Artists in Lockdown. This relatively new podcast is hosted hosted by the painter Emma Cousin and directly engages with the current climate created by the COVID-19 pandemic. Emma chats with artists and art world practitioners about how the current lockdown has impacted their lives and their work. And how they are dealing and coping with the strange situation we all find ourselves in. My favourite guests so far have included the curator Paul Carey Kent and artists Luke Burton and Catherine Bradford. The third podcast is the Delphian Gallery podcast, which just premiered its 25th episode. This podcast is hosted by artists and Delphian Gallery directors and co-founders Benjamin Murphy and Nick J.S. Thompson. Each episode features a conversation with an artist, curator or gallerist and delves into the guests' work and experience within the art world, as well as featuring quick-fire hypothetical questions such as if money were no object, what would your dream project involve? As a writer and curator myself, I particularly enjoy their interviews with curators and gallerists, such as Kate Mothes of Young Space, Ellie Pennick of Guts Gallery, and the Silverstream's own Charlie Mills. The final podcast i would like to recommend is the artfully podcast hosted by artist elizabeth power and writer jesse hillcox artfully aims to revisit the history you thought you knew or always wished you did and each episode features art world news and gossip exhibition reviews regular documentary recommendations and an artist in focus segment which in the past has included artists louise bourgeois jean-michel basquiat tracy enim and robert Rauschenberg. This podcast offers a brilliant overview of current art world happenings and exhibitions, as well as a good art history primer on many movements and artists. That's all I have to recommend for you this month. I hope everyone is safe and well and perhaps find some comfort and escapism from listening to a few episodes of the podcast I've discussed. Who knows when we'll be able to physically go and see exhibitions again, but hopefully month by month during lockdown, I can recommend some content to keep your art interest engaged.
1: Do you want to say goodbye?
3: Yeah, no. Thank you for listening.
0: And thank you for having me, Byzantia.
1: (laughs) No worries.